10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Wrexham Texan. My name is Jake Green. So happy to have y'all here today. Um, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the crew match. It was, <laughs> dadgum, was it exciting. Um, it was a struggle. Um, but before, before we get into it, go follow me on Instagram and Twitter, WXM Texan, Wrexham Texan. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. You can watch this podcast on rumble uh facebook twitter and youtube at the moment i believe we'll be on odyssey soon um so yeah anywhere you want uh you can also subscribe on any podcast application that you want but since we're doing video now i am promoting video as much as possible so uh yeah go on to your favorite apps Follow us, rate us, review us, all that kind of stuff. I guess it's rate me, review me. I don't know why I say us. It's because I'm on a couple other podcasts and there's multiple people on it. So, um, crew, what a game. Uh, this team is only 29 miles away from Wrexham, so they are our closest rival, I believe, um, in, in Wales. It was a ridiculous game. First of all, I... Try not to blame the result of any game purely on the ref. However, I'm, I'm not going to do it in this case either. However, the ref was absolutely horrendous. The number of calls he made against us and the number of calls he let go for them was astounding. Um, let's start with, what do we got? Um, let's start with Barnett's red card. Now Griffiths and yeah, Griffiths seemed to think that it actually was a red card, which was interesting. Um, it is not something that I would have thought would have been a red card. It seemed like Barnett just misplayed it, um, took a wrong step and, you know, ran into a guy. I mean, his cleat did go up on the guy's foot or ankle or whatever, but nothing about it was aggressive or intentional. It seemed, uh, it seemed way over the top to give him a red card for that. I just, I, di I didn't care for it whatsoever. Um, trying to load the stats right here, but uh, I think it's so quickly after the game that the stats aren't up yet, um, which totally makes sense. They don't even have the, uh, they don't even have who scored, who scored the goals in here. Let me, uh, sorry, y'all. Let me go over to Safari, which might actually have, nope, Safari doesn't have it either. Okay. Well, you're not going to get much match statistics from me today. Um, I'm trying to do this quick because I'm leaving town here in about 10 minutes. So I don't have much time, but wanted to talk about the game for at least a little bit on this episode. And 
yeah, the Barnett red card, absolute garbage. James McLean definitely played his yellow card and his penalty Im improperly. However, the dude was already going down. The attacker was already on his way to the ground. It was absolutely not a penalty. Um, there were a bunch of, I mean, Parkey got a yellow card. Palmer got a yellow card. Uh, Mullen got a yellow card. So we got so many yellow cards. And then Barnett got a red card. And we still pulled out a 3-3 draw. Absurdly entertaining game. I mean, first of all, Paul Mullen with two goals in this one, including a bicycle kick between two defenders. I have no idea how he was able to pull that one off. But man, that was so pretty. Just right in the back of the net. It was Mullen's back. And it, it felt really good to see that happen. And then a few minutes into the second half, we got the second one back. And it was 2-2 for quite a while. Uh, until they, till Arthur Conquo, who didn't have the best game, although he had some pretty great saves. There were a couple times where the fact that he is six six and has the wingspan of like, I mean, it's got to be like eight feet. <laughs> he was able to snag a ball um, or punch a ball away a few times where Mark Howard maybe couldn't have reached it just because he's not as tall as Arthur. But man, that third goal that that Arthur let in, Okonkwo let in, was uh, very poor play. He should never have gone out there. He should have just stayed in the net, let the defenders handle it. They could have handled it. Um, but instead, he decided to go out there and make a terrible mistake, let the ball go by. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Don't, uh, no reason to jump all over him. He's a young kid. He's clearly very good. He's got great reactions. He almost stopped that penalty. If he had fully committed I feel like he would have stopped the penalty, um, which would have been super interesting. But then it was what, like somewhere in around the 70th minute, maybe a little later, maybe 80th minute, we, I think it was George Evans, took the ball down the right side of the box and tried to launch one in. And I mean, the crew guy just hit it with his hand, just hit it with his hand in the box, and the ref did nothing. He was right there. He could see it. I, it. It is inconceivable to me that that was not a penalty and that we didn't tie it up right then. Um, and man, I, I think all these terrible calls by the ref really made our, our fellas uh, angry and determined to overcome that, that challenge because he did not make things easy for us at all. Um, crew did look like they were crew dominated the first like 25 minutes of the game, similar to how we did last, last week. Um, but then, you know, we were able to get our shots in, we were able to settle down. We were able to have really great touches. Uh, let's see, who are some winners from today? Um, Jacob Mendy, that guy was a beast coming in. Um, Brought the he was he's so good at running down the sidelines with the ball and avoiding all the defenders and his cross into Fletcher was perfection. It was such a good assist. Um, Fletcher, what a great header right past the left hand of the goalie. Um, fantastic to watch, uh, just an absolute delight. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean. 
I could say a lot right now, but sadly I have to go, I have to leave here in a bit. So I, I need to wrap this up. Um, and, and we'll do a review of the first losers here in just a minute. Um, but man, what a game it was. It's one of those, like Rob was mentioning in the first season where, you know, you get the draw, but man, what a great result it was because, the things that were stacked up against us, the things that didn't go our way really could have kept another team down and could have kept another team from having the resiliency that ours, our, our guys did. So um, it was great to see us bounce back. It was not a perfect game. However, it was very exciting, very fun to watch. Um, and in the end, not the perfect result, but hey, it was, it was, yeah. 25 minutes, 35 minutes into that first half, you would not have thought we would have tied 3-3. So compared to how it started, it ended extremely well. And we have Mullen and Fletcher to thank for that. So yeah, that'll that'll about do it for the reaction slash review of, of the crew match. All right, let's talk about season two, episode five, first losers. Um, this is something that I definitely have had much, 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 much experience with. Um, for those who haven't been listening to the show forever, I am a fan of the American football team, the Texas A&M Aggies. And we are... Um, it's a college football team, college American football, and we have not won a championship since 1939. We also haven't made the playoffs since playoffs were instituted. So it has been, what is it, uh, 60, almost over 80 years since we won a championship. <laughs> We've been good for a couple of years um, here and there. But it's never anything that actually pays off in the end where we actually win. I've never we've never come in second. Um, so that that's not exactly first losers, but uh we just lose all the time. And it's extremely frustrating. So uh this this episode really hit home with me. But first off, it starts off with Ryan uh giving a narration to the history of Wrexham Lager. This place is a household name alongside Guinness, Molson, and Carlsberg. Finally seemed assured when the White Star Line chose <laughs> Wrexham to be the beer of choice on its biggest, boldest bet yet. Oh, the Titanic. That is so funny. It's such a good tone to set for, for this episode. It's a good... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good tone to have because... This whole episode is about being first losers and and having that kind of mentality where you just don't think you can get over the hump being, as, as Griffith says here in a second, cynical. Um, and yeah, this beer that's growing in popularity, that's going to be something big, literally goes down with the Titanic. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty incredible. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, then we get to the meat of the episode, which is... We've had a lot of false dawns. Like, I, I don't want to curse it because I, I've seen what happens before. <laughs> yeah. 
Hang on, I didn't play that from the very beginning. Let's play I've it again. I've always been a massive cynic because of Wrexham's past history. There we go. Stones. There we go. I don't want to curse it yeah. because I, I've seen what happens before. Yep. Yep. There we go. Um, yeah, I totally get that. Every single year, we have idiot Texas A&M fans talking about how this is our year. We did so well in the offseason. We got some great players. And every single year, I'm like, you people need to shut up. Just stop talking. Don't say another word about Texas A&M being great or this being our year. Because you're just going to make things worse when we inevitably lose to a crap team on some random Saturday. Um, which already happened this year. They're not a crap team, but we still lost to them and we should not have lost to them. So um, it's brutal. Yeah, and if you don't know, in, in American college football, if you lose one game, it is likely you will not get to the playoffs. If you lose two, it's basically a done deal. You're not getting to the playoffs. I mean, very rarely does that happen um, and in very specific circumstances. So it's... Uh, it's rough. You got to win basically every single game in order to in order to get to the playoffs. So it's it's not the it's a super stressful season. Basically, is what I'm saying. It's always stressful because <laughs> you only play twelve games, so we play like a, a quarter of what uh, of of what we're playing in League Two. So it uh, yeah, I totally understand this whole thing. Um, Let's see. Yeah, Rob Clark doesn't want to curse it. Uh, he doesn't want to do a Wrexham. And yep, I refer to uh, typical Aggie fashion, playing great in the first half and then tanking in the second half. And that's kind of how it goes. And it's just, it's called a, it's called an Aggie. And uh, yeah, I mean, one of the most brutal things with Wrexham was <laughs> the year Wrexham got 98 points in the table ended up in the playoffs and lost in the second round i mean 98 points and you don't get promoted that is absolutely brutal man i am glad and also slightly sad that i was not around for that um the best part about this episode the very best part and apologies rob but the best part is that Philadelphia, none of none of your Philly teams won a championship in the last year. Or I guess it was a year before that. But yeah, none of your teams won. It is it makes me extremely happy when the Eagles do not win the Super Bowl. Um, I am a Dallas Cowboys fan, so yeah, I mean it makes sense. I'm very very biased. I hate the Eagles. Uh, it's, one of only two stadiums where I've nearly been physically assaulted. Actually, technically I was. Um, I had beer thrown on me, even though the Cowboys lost and the Eagles won. So I, I have I have major problems with the sports fans of Philadelphia. Although Rob doesn't seem like one of those sports fans, so I'll give him a pass. Um, but yeah, he was saying he. Yeah, here here here's a little quote. Ding hurts worse than winning feels good coming in second <laughs> means that you lost first the bill 100 <laughs> it doesn't make you feel any better in fact it probably makes you feel way way worse and 
they go into this whole thing about the Buffalo Bills and American and the NFL. And um, yeah, the, the team that beat the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl, two of those times was the Dallas Cowboys. And it is kind of true that people refer to losers um, in a way they would refer to the Buffalo Bills, <laughs> just because even though they were the second best team that year, um, three separate years, they lost all three times. And there's just something about that, that I don't know. Second place doesn't make you a winner. So, yeah, then they go into the whole Susan Lucci thing. Um, not going to get into it. I don't, you know, I, I never watched daytime TV, so I barely know who Susan Lucci is. I knew who, she was an actress, but I had no idea who she was besides that. So, um, yeah, moving on. Mr. Jacob Mindy, one of my favorite new players on our team first came to the change room I saw Paul Mullen he told me about how good was the club and uh, how good was the people around the club and everything yeah. but I couldn't understand all the things what he said <laughs> didn't speak the same language uh, definitely has a different accent being from Gambia and moving up to Spain and then to the UK that's a lot of moving that's a lot of adaptation um and yeah, I think one of the reasons that I loved Mindy right off the bat was for basically the same reason that Parky liked Mindy. Um, I knew nothing about Mindy's past or anything like that, but I could tell that he hustles. I mean, when he runs down the field, he's got a drive that is unlike anybody else um, and super concentrated dude. Uh, very fun to watch. I love watching Jacob Mindy play. Um, so yeah, I love that we got into into his story. Um, Parky loved him because of his hunger and uh, he has a tough mentality. Um, yeah, and then we cut to Mindy practicing his Welsh in his 1864 shirt brought to you by Ollie Palmer. Um, yeah, which I love. I have that shirt. It's fantastic. Like I said, a million times on this show already. 1864 is uh, it's the best. I love their clothing. Um, yeah, love it. Have tons of them. Um, let's see. And yeah, we, we kind of end Mindy's session with uh, him saying that he really just wanted to play for a winning team. And that was it. Um, which, absolutely, a team with a winning mentality, not a winning team. Team with a winning mentality, which doesn't necessarily, as we're going to see here in a bit, mean that they are at the top of top of the table or anything like that. Um, we then cut to what has to be one of the best stories in all of sports. So this is something that it's like my brother's dream to do. Um, if my brother could move to the UK, um, start managing a amateur league football team and try to take them up through the levels of the EFL. I mean, I think that would make his entire life. Um, and there was a moment where we thought that might actually happen. <laughs> and it, when that was going to happen, uh, I was going to come over there and we were going to make a documentary about the whole Dagnum thing because that would be so much fun. And so this guy, here we go. 
Started the club from scratch 23 years ago. We've actually got, it's a 12 promotions in, in 23 years. So we've been promoted pretty much once every two seasons. <laughs> so that's the owner, the manager, the chairman of the Dorking Wanderers, which I just, I couldn't believe the story. I, I obviously, you know, I don't know everything about English football, um, but I had definitely never heard of this story. I knew who the team was because they were in the National League with us, but uh, I had no idea that 20 years ago, 23 years ago, they were just a Sunday league amateur football team that was just playing for fun on Sundays. I mean, <laughs> and he has managed and owned the team ever since and brought them up every two years into a different league. That is unbelievable. And, and that, that is, is one, one of the coolest, coolest stories in sports, sports that, that I've ever heard in, in my entire, entire life. life. If, if they, they get, get up into the league, into league two, two I will be ecstatic for them. them. That, that will be so much fun. fun. Um, yeah, yeah, just the fact that it started out as a group of friends. friends. Mark, Mark White, White, I believe, is the, the club owner's name. Um, yeah, yeah, Mark White. White uh, started, started the club from scratch 23 years ago just because he's, he's got, got a super fun style of coaching. Um, he behaves in training like Parky does in a game. And then when he's in the game, he behaves like Parky as well. So very high energy very passionate, as Ryan and Rob mentioned multiple times, um, and just a ton, yeah, just tons of energy and super fun to watch, super fun to tell this story. I gotta say, this 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 season is definitely not sticking with the usual follow the team closely that we did the first. Um, <laughs> that we did the first season of Welcome to Wrexham. They have strayed far from the primary story uh, for this season, which I'm trying to accept. It is not my favorite thing. I would like to talk far more about what's going on with the players, with the people in the town, um, with the season and the league in general. Far more detail on that is what I would prefer. But some of these stories are just too incredible to pass up. And so the fact that they went in and did a deep dive into the dorking wanderers is unbelievable um, and pretty exciting. I love an unconventional method of doing things. And that's what they kind of talk about um, with Mark White is that he's very unconventional and he does things in his own way. And it's a little different than what has happened in football before. So it's fun. Um, and the best part <laughs> is that in games where he gets suspended with a red card, he sneaks into the stadium in a disguise and still coaches from the stance. It's, <laughs> I've never heard of that before in my life. It is unbelievable. Um, so Mark White, easily one of my favorite people, I will be you know, if I have a secondary team, it's got to be the Dorking Wanderers because that is just the most fun and interesting story that that I've heard of. Um, and they end the episode with beating Knotts County. They beat Knotts County. 
I'm um, 3-1 at home. Ugh. It's unbelievable. I absolutely love this episode. I love everything about it. Um, yeah, I love that we got got to meet Jacob Mindy and talk to them or talk to him about uh, his life and how he grew up and what his mentality is because he's a super interesting dude and super fun to watch. Um, so yeah, the whole episode ends with uh, Ro- first Robin Ryan reached out to Knotts. Robin Ryan didn't, but their producer did. Reached out to Knotts County and uh, asked them if they could, you know, do some interviews. And they reached back out and said, basically, "F you, you can chef your <laughs> chef your documentary up your butt." <laughs> Which, what a great response! Bravo, Knotts County, bravo! <laughs> oh, that's so dang funny. Um, yeah, and then to give us an update on the fact that the Buffalo Bills still have never won a Super Bowl. They st- they still haven't. Um, they could now. Josh Allen, that dude can play some football. Um, he can throw. He can run. Um, he's awesome. So it's in the cards for them. It could be in the cards for them now. Um, but it does end with Susan Lucci finally winning a daytime Emmy. So good for her. And then one more clip to show you. Here we go. One of our guys, their producers, said like the sweetest, like, "Hey, we would love to interview Nazis. You guys are having an amazing season." I love blah. And they were like, "The the, oh. the response is so good, <laughs> so great, so fuck good. you, <laughs> fuck you, and your shit. You can shove your shite documentary up your arse." Yeah, <laughs> just one of the best quotes, one of the best things from uh, from this episode for sure. The fact that Knotts County refused to be part of Welcome to Wrexham. Which I very much respect. Good job. Way to stick to your guns. Don't be a part of a show where it's basically a rival team at this point. Um, in the in the title of the show, like if it if it was a different title, then maybe. But you don't want to be Knotts County appearing in Welcome to Wrexham. Um, I completely understand that. So. Well, that'll do it for today's episode, y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Love doing this show. Um, looking forward to putting out another one this coming Friday. Um, go follow me on Instagram and Twitter, WXM Texan. Uh, you can also uh, just please go subscribe. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, Rumble channel, Peaceful Sea Productions on both. Um, that's where the podcast comes out. You can also go to the podcast section of of the youtube channel and i think you can just subscribe to that i'm not sure i think it in the near future you'll be able to i think they're google's updating some stuff with youtube so i think that'll happen um in the very near future so yeah um that'll do it for today y'all uh yeah just looking forward looking forward to more matches looking forward to more games i'm very excited for the rest of the season we'll talk to you later up the town. Search my soul. Oh, your hearts are gonna see it. You're gonna see it. And if you knock my soul, oh, with all your strength, you're gonna find it. You're gonna find it.